Well, hey, y'all. It's Virginia Lee, your voice of the dead mule and host of the Brain Fertilizer podcast. It's early in the morning, a couple of days before the premiere of the podcast, and uh, I'm looking through Marion Brown's Southern Cookbook. I just recently got a new copy of it. Well, not a new copy of it. It's a used book. But I haven't had one for a number of years, and I'm really happy because the last two copies I had of this were uh, paperbacks, and this one is a hardback, so I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked about that. It's a little bit used. It's, I don't know, it doesn't look like anybody hardly ever cooked from it, to tell you the truth. Mama's, that I wish I had, because it had her little notes in it. it, it was all stained up, and you could tell which recipes Mama used the most from it. Those included um, Edenton party cakes, and... Um, those are basically what that was the recipe that she used for Christmas cookies. And in the margins of Mama's cookbook, she wrote the variations like adding spices to it to make them, you know, a little more spicy or to add some lemon, grated lemon peel or orange peel to them. And this was the recipe that she used to make her Christmas cookies because you roll out the dough and then you cut them into shapes. But Edenton party cake, tea party cakes are classic. And, uh, and according to Marion Brown, they were first served way back in 1774. Now you got to remember that North Carolina was a pretty big part of, uh, the revolution times back in this country. Another thing that I was looking at because one of our authors, Ms. Brandy Pillow, talks about her grandmother's biscuit recipe in one of the in the memoir that I read in the first episode of the Brain Fertilizer. And that made me curious as to what Marion Brown considered a classic biscuit recipe. And of course, there was a slew of them. We've got Virginia ham or buttermilk biscuits. They're basic and they're solid enough so that you can put a slab of ham in them and make your classic southern ham biscuit. Mama used to, I don't know if she ever, I don't, I, you know, I can't remember. Mama used to make ham biscuits every Christmas Eve for the EYC or the Episcopal Youth Council or whatever it was, the, 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 the youth group for my daddy's church. Daddy was an Episcopal priest. And every Christmas Eve when they had their carolin party, she wouldn't, or whenever they had their carolin party, she would make ham biscuits because every year, we would get at least one, sometimes two. I don't remember more than two, but for all I know, we had three at one point. But we would get real genuine Smithfield uh, country hams from somebody in the church. Uh, and we would always get one. And occasionally we would get two. And these things were always huge. And mama would 
find her biggest container and put salt and, and put water in it and soak these hams for like two, three days just to leach some of the salt out of them because they were just incredibly salty. Um, and I don't know if you've ever had a real country, country ham, but if you get the genuine article from somewhere in the South, ours, I think did come from North Carolina or Virginia. I'm not entirely sure, but they were, they were the real deal. And, um, the people in our churches, they had the, they had their finger on where to get the right thing. And you can, they're, they're so good. I mean, if, if you like pork, and I know not everybody does, I can't eat it anymore um, without getting sick to my stomach. I don't know how I ate it uh, when I was a kid, honestly. But you can make yourself so sick eating country ham. I remember my oldest sister's boyfriend once came over uh, around Christmas time and got hold of some of mama's ham biscuits. And, um, he, he, he made himself right ill off the stuff because it's just such good eating. <laughs> it's just such good eating. <laughs> you, you can really just overdo, but there are several kinds of biscuits in here that I had forgotten about. I mean, the basic that I always used was Southern baking powder biscuits. They're just dead easy. And that was my recipe for doing biscuits. In fact, for a long time, I was able to just cook them without even thinking about the recipe because I'd gotten so good at just, you know, throw into getting the proportions right. But there's bride's biscuits, which have cream cheese in them. And then there's cream biscuits, which just have whole cream in them. And uh, Mrs. Gray's Beaten Biscuit, which is a pretty basic biscuit recipe. It uses lard. I don't know if you've ever cooked with lard. It's not as common as it used to be. Cooking with lard, it's kind of gross just because of the way the lard feels texturally if you're having to touch it with your hands. But the thing about lard is that it does produce a beautiful result. I used lard in um, pie crust. I was making a savory salmon pie here in Newport years ago when I was working in an environmental theater uh, doing living history. And I played a family cook uh, to the Astor family, to Caroline Skirmerhorn Astor. And um, the family cook's name, and she was completely fictional. I got her name out of a little little cemetery outside of the Trinity Episcopal Church here in Newport. Classic church, by the way. If you ever come to Newport, you have to go see that church. There is a pew with George Washington's name on it, which still thrills me to my toenails. Um, that just awed me. That's one of the coolest things about Newport is that it is... Uh, pre-revolutionary and revolutionary war um, 
stalwart. It, it's it's important in our American history. So it's cool from that perspective. Forget the Gilded Age. Forget forget the mansions. Come here for the colonial and revolutionary war history. It's absolutely fascinating. Oh, and also Newport has the Toro Synagogue, which is very important in Jewish American history. Just so you know. Anyhow, when I was playing the family cook at this environmental theater, I had to cook Thanksgiving and or Christmas dinner, maybe both. I can't even remember now. I know I cooked two big meals for them. And for the first one, which was Thanksgiving, I had to do a salmon pie. And the recipe for the pie crust, which was from a period cookbook, um, called for lard and the pie crust. And it was so icky to touch, but it made the most beautiful pie crust. I mean, I'd never made a pie crust in my life. <laughs> and there I am making a pie crust and using lard. And thank God it came out okay. I was amazed. And it was, it was right it was flaky and it was tasty and I was, I'm still just boggled that I pulled that off because I never had done that before. Um, so Mrs. Gray's Beaten Biscuit and Marion Brown's cookbook uses lard, but directly underneath that recipe is Annie Lee Harden's cheese biscuits. Now I got to tell you, Forget Christmas cookies after banana nut bread. These little cheese biscuits were my favorite thing in the world. I have made these cheese biscuits. That's how much I love these. I, I you know, I, I, tr I don't tend to do a heck of a lot of bacon, but if I'm going to bake, I'm going to try to make these cheese biscuits. And the recipe is pretty much dead simple. It's butter, smidge of salt, a couple of cups of flour, and a sharp cheddar cheese. That's really it. That's all you need. And you smoosh them all together, and you roll out the dough, and you cut out little little uh, discs of them and you plop a pecan half right in the center of them and you and you don't plop you push it in so it'll stay and then you bake them I mean they're dead simple you can mama used to add a little tiny bit of cayenne pepper to give them just enough extra kick although I think you could use fresh ground black pepper in them too um, I think if I was making them today, I would, oh, do all kinds of crazy savory additions to them. Uh, I just love these things. I could eat these things all day long and make myself thoroughly ill, but they're so, so good. They're just about my favorite thing after the banana nut bread and the banana nut bread that's in here. This is my mama's banana nut bread recipe, and it's from Marion Brown's Southern Cookbook. And um, 
Oh, shoot. Mama used to just... Because, you know, we were a church family. Mama had four kids. We didn't have all that much money. Um, if there are any Episcopalians listening, pay your priests better. Thank you, and have a nice day. Uh, that's me editorializing. <laughs> but it's my podcast. I can do what I want to. But banana nut bread is a classic. Brown sugar, some shortening. Mama would often use margarine, which is kind of icky to me now. But you can use vegetable shortening. Buttermilk. Mama would make her own buttermilk because we almost never had buttermilk. And so she would just put some lemon juice or a little bit of vinegar into some regular milk and curdle it enough and do our own substitute for buttermilk. Bananas, flour, a little bit of baking soda. Now she never glazed them with honey. That's funny. I never noticed that before. This recipe says honey for glaze. And I don't recollect Mama ever, ever, ever putting a glaze on her banana nut bread because we just liked it straight out of the oven. The key to really good banana nut bread, and I learned this at my mama's knee, was to make sure that your bananas were incredibly ripe. And I discovered something. If you've got bananas that are a little bit too ripe i mean they're still good for eating but they're just a little bit too ripe and you know they're not going to last long if you take those suckers and you peel them and you put the peeled fruit into a freezer bag squeeze all the air out as you can throw them in the freezer when you take those out again they are perfect once they're thawed to make banana nut bread. That is the best way. Because that way you can get a whole slew of bananas. Let them get almost too ripe. Throw them in the freezer. And then when you have a hankering. To make banana nut bread. Boom. There you are. Don't waste them in a smoothie fooey on that. And the cool thing about banana nut bread. Is that you can use. All purpose whole wheat flour. And not just plain flour. And that makes it extra umphy. And if you don't have chopped nuts. And this says chopped pecans. But mama also used walnuts. I think one year we used hickory nuts. That I had gathered from the hickory trees. In our front yard. Oh my soul. I'm telling you right now. Hickory nuts taste delicious. I understand now. Why squirrels go so crazy over them. Because one year. I gathered up hickory nuts. And Mama and I decided to use hickory nuts in our banana nut bread. Hickory nuts are really hard to crack. <coughs> Excuse me. And they're really hard to get the nut meats out of. They're tasty. But man, they're a pain. Anyhow, banana nut bread was a classic at Christmas for Mama because she could make a slew of it for a relatively, you know, rational price. And 
all the people that she felt that she owed something to at Christmas time, she could hand off loaves of banana nut bread. And it was just what she did. It was what we did. And it was something that I adopted for myself later on because, you know, I've, I've never had a whole heck of a lot of money and therefore being able to do something that's homemade that requires enough effort so that you can put your love into it. But it's not like baking a yeast bread where you're kneading and kneading and kneading and letting it rise and kneading and kneading and shaping it up and hoping that the yeast took and that you don't screw it up in the oven and overcook or undercook and all this, that, and the other. Banana nut bread's dead easy compared to that. So I highly recommend grabbing on to, at least seeing if your library has a copy of it, of Marion Brown's Southern Cookbook. And on page 300 is the banana nut bread recipe. And if you like putting a glaze on things, use the honey for glaze. I don't care. That's up to you. But banana nut bread, it's just so good. Oh, what I started to tell you, and I forgot because I was nattering too much, was that when I didn't have the money to get nuts for um, putting in to the banana nut bread, and if you know anybody who is allergic to tree nuts, this is a good trick too. Get some plain oatmeal, just, you know, the kind of the canister, and toast it a little bit in a dry pan put a frying pan on the stove heat it up a little bit toss in just some dry oatmeal and toast it a little bit and it'll start to smell nutty and you have to pay attention you can't just leave it there you have to pay attention because it'll burn if you're not careful and you toast it on up and it gets all nutty smelling and then you put some of that into your banana nut bread instead of tree nuts. And voila, baby, you've got texture. You've got a little bit of nuttiness. And you've got banana nut bread that you can give to your people who have nut allergies. And that's a real blessing. And it saves you money. And most Southern cooks, most real Southern cooks that I know, they have to they have to worry about making things go a little bit further that's what brandy pillows grandma used to say about her dough burgers you'll learn about them when you listen to the podcast in a couple of days when it premieres well that's me virginia lee nattering on like a crazy person at oh just about seven o'clock in the morning with cars driving by my window and uh, the bird's not quite as loud as you'll hear them on the podcast. You have a great day, and thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be seeing you soon. Bye now. <laughs>